You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. And it's COVID-19 Central, everyone. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who have never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347 Poohhead. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine and at drscottwm. And visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. You know what? Don't go there. We get 30 cents. But you can get a Bristol stool scale mug. It's pretty funny. Which is pretty awesome. Need yeah. something to laugh at right now. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, uh, Stacy Deloach, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. All right, shut up. <laughs> shut up shut up all right so yeah dr scott good to see you uh see don't you. forget feels.com slash fluid that's f-e-a-l-s.com slash fluid um it's really the easiest way dr scott to get cbd oil that's um you know broad spectrum and of known strength right Delivered right to your house. It's feels.com slash fluid. You get uh, 50% off your first order if you order subscription. Uh, don't forget, please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. When you're trying to find toilet paper locally <laughs> and are having to wipe your ass with um, newspaper or uh, paper towels, which you can still get, uh, you can go to stuff.drsteve.com, see if Amazon's got toilet paper back in uh, in stock again. And um, uh, tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID for the best of your buds on the price. And if you want to lose weight, what else are you doing? Work out, get on the Peloton, or uh, go outside and walk. That's still okay to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, lose weight with me. By the time this uh, uh, by the time this pandemic is over, you will have emerged at your ideal body weight, with presumably, by using Noom. Dot drsteve.com. That's noom.drsteve.com. N-O-O-M. Does it sound like I'm capitalizing on this? I don't really know. I'm trying to make it somewhat lighthearted. It's hard to do. It is, yeah. Anyway, and check out Dr. Scott's website. It's simply herbals.net. Yeah. Kind of been talking about nothing but uh, SARS-CoV-2, the uh, virus that causes COVID-19. And I was on Sid and Bernie the other day. I've been on the phone with um, uh, uh, the uh, air traffic controllers of a very large and busy air traffic controller. 
uh, unit and um, been answering questions here, a couple other places as well on Twitter. So I think what else is there to talk about right now? Not much. So one of the things that I've been talking about, and then I've got a crap load of questions that you all called in. That's all we're going to do today is answer your questions and try to get everybody up to speed. But I have two sort of news stories. So, um, And I'm going to do a video of this as soon as I can get to it. I'm tell- I'm, this is the shittiest vacation ever. I'm just telling you, I'm supposed to be at St. Pete Beach On at the, the Don Cesar. Yep. Uh, sipping some damn alcoholic beverage in my bathing suit on the Gulf of Mexico. And instead, I had to work all week, which, I mean, you know, it's all about me. (laughs) And and I'm sitting here doing this with Dr. Scott. This was not what I was expecting to be doing halfway through my vacation. But anyway, um, so, you know, on... Looking at the silver lining, I'm saving a crap load of money. I did get all my miles back. The hotel gave me my money back. And uh, I'm going to save it up and blow it out my ass when this is all over. Whenever that is. All right. So a couple of things. Uh, China has um, the curve of their um, data has leveled out significantly at about 80,000 cases. Right. Now, I have people say, well, how can we believe? You know, we don't have any choice right now. Mm-hmm. Now, if it turns out they're telling us fibs, um, hopefully they're not telling us fibs, then uh, we'll have to have something else to say about it. But they've cut, they've, they're cut off at around 80,000 cases, and they get one or two every day, but it's nothing like it was. It was growing exponentially at one point. So... Um, 80,000 cases, if they can hold it down to that, is um, 0.0008% of their population. If you multiply that times our population of 329 million people, you end up with about 25,000 cases. We're at uh, 36, well, well, I have it right here. Hang on, I'll tell you exactly where we are. As of this morning. Now, we are recording this on March 18th at 4.52 p.m. That may actually matter, right? Yes. So United States of America had 3,500 cases. Now, that had doubled from the day before where we had 1,600. Mm-hmm. So um, we're seeing it, that that could have something to do with reporting as well. But I'm, you know, but if we see doubling for a while, then we'll see this sort of geometric progression. And then hopefully as we continue to isolate ourselves and follow the rules, uh, this thing will even out. And if it does, at about 0.0008% of the population, we're looking at about 25,000 cases and 850, give or take, deaths, mm-hmm. which every one of those is tragic. Yes, that's a lot. But yeah. it's a whole lot different than 1.8 million yes. if 60 million people in this country get this virus as they did in the influenza pandemic of 2009. Now, that influenza only had about 0.1% mortality. This has 3%, what we think. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. Um, uh, but say, let's say it is 3%. It's a number that's been bandied about. Then um, it's 30 times more lethal than influenza. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. 
So you get all these people, you know, at spring break and they're all young. They're in their 20s. Their risk of dying is about 0.2%. They're like, yo, you know, dude, you know, we're safe. Yeah, okay. Um, so you might be and then transmitting this uh, all over uh, through the crowd. Yeah, to your great-grandmother. And, and then you take it home. <laughs> well, okay, I get it. I'm old. I'm an asshole, right? So mm-hmm. in my life doesn't matter as much as yours. But even if you had that asinine uh, attitude about it, what's going to happen is if we overwhelm the medical system, then when those 20-somethings get a urinary tract infection or appendicitis or they break their leg, there will be nowhere for them to go. So it is still in their interest, yes. even though they're at low risk, to um, social distance that, uh, and um, try to per- try to flatten out this curve somewhat. Um, in that... Um, in that vein, I'm looking at a white paper. Now, this is not a peer-reviewed publication, not a double-blind placebo-controlled study, but this is in consultation with Stanford University School of Medicine, UAB School of Medicine, and the National Academy of Science researchers presented by James Tadaro uh, uh, from uh, Columbia, Maryland. And... Um, the, the title is An Effective Treatment for Coronavirus, parentheses, COVID-19. And we've been talking about this. I talked about this on Sid and Bernie okay. as well. Uh, recent guidelines from South Korea and China report that chloroquine is an effective antiviral therapeutic treatment against coronavirus disease 2019. The use of chloroquine tablets is showing favorable outcomes in humans infected with coronavirus, including faster time to recovery and shorter hospital stays. They've been giving this to the sickest. U.S. CDC research shows that chloroquine also has a strong potential as a prophylactic, hmm. and not that kind of prophylactic, uh, Dr. <laughs> Scott, as a preventative measure against coronavirus. Now, and this is in the lab. While we wait for a vaccine to be developed, chloroquine is an inexpensive, globally available drug that has been in widespread human use since 1945 against malaria, uh, autoimmune, and various other conditions. Now, there is a, a version of this called hydroxychloroquine, which is also known as Plaquenil. Oh, Plaquenil. That's even okay. better tolerated than chloroquine is. Uh, it says the U.S. CDC and World Health Organization have not published treatment measures against coronavirus diseases. Medical centers are starting to have issues with traditional protocols. Treatments and ideally a preventative measure are needed. So they're working on this drug, remdesivir, which we've talked about on this show. Mm-hmm. It's in uh, phase three trials. We have a vaccine that's in phase one trials. I'm trying to get Greg Poland on the phone to be on the show. He is uh, the nation's one of the nation's top vaccinologists. He's very busy right now. Oh, but yeah. he was my mentor oh, wow. in residency. He's the smartest person I've ever met wow. in my life. And he thought I was one of the smartest people he'd ever met. So we had a mutual admiration <laughs> society. Um, he just knew a bunch of dumb people. You know, everybody around him was dumb compared to him. But anyway, <laughs> he's at Mayo, and I'm trying to get him on the phone so we could talk about this vaccine because my proposal is let's skip phase two. Yep. We have a vaccine that's in phase one right now, which means you give it to a few people to make sure it's not killing people. Right. And not causing damage. you got to watch them for a little while. Then phase two, you give it to about 100, 150 people, and then you see if it works. 
And then if it's not killing people and it seems to work, then you do a much larger trial, which is a phase three trial where you can give it to a couple thousand people. Then phase four trials are are post-marketing trials. That's actually after you brought it to market. And I keep hearing people say a year. It's going to be a year. It's going to be a year. I think we could accelerate that in Mm -hmm. a situation like this. If uh, the 40 people that they gave it to in phase one you know, we're not harmed. We go straight to phase three because we know how vaccines work. Right. And then we see if it works. And if it does, then we can just roll this thing out and then just hope for the yeah, best. Let it rip. Yep. Yeah. And just let it just let it rip. Yep. Exactly right. Dr. Scott. Um, OK. Uh, according to the research uh, that was reported in Clinical Trials Arena, Data from chloroquine studies showed certain curative effect and fairly good efficacy. Patients treated with chloroquine demonstrated a better drop in fever, improvement in lung CT images, required a shorter time to recover compared to parallel groups. The percentage of patients with negative viral nucleic acid tests was also higher with the anti-malarial drug. Chloroquine has so far showed no obvious serious adverse reactions in more than 100 participants in the trials. Chloroquine was selected after several screening rounds of thousands of existing drugs. It's undergoing uh, further trials in more than 10 hospitals in Beijing, Guangdong Province, and Hunan Province. Now there's, you know, they're, and they're looking at it in other places too. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if I got this and ended up in the hospital, I'd pretty much demand some uh, chloroquine. Some chloroquine. Would yeah, you do the plaquenil? plaquenil? I would do plaquenil. Right on. Yeah. Because it's pretty read- readily available anyway. Yes. Yeah, it's dirt cheap too. Yeah, it's cheap. It's 60 plus. tablets for uh, 25 bucks. And, and, and it'd be just a short course of, of using so it anyway. I don't want to get too excited about this, but right. if right. this pans out, mm-hmm. And we can, while we're waiting for a vaccine, we can put people on the front lines on prophylactic chloroquine to decrease the number of cases right. of healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. And we can keep people out of the hospital, maybe, or off the ventilator. Then, um, and this is a very Pollyannish view, but if we could do that, mm-hmm. if it were possible with this medication or some other medication, then. The risk to the healthcare system uh, collapsing decreases by orders of magnitude. Sure. In which case, yeah, you, if you're at low risk for this, you just go do, go about your business. Mm-hmm. We'll just treat the ones that get sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we are light years away from that. But mm-hmm. I just people are losing hope out there, particularly yes. the service. Uh, the people in the service industries. Yeah, they're being crushed. By the way, if you um, go to a restaurant and you can afford it, double tip, triple tip. Yes. Uh, if you go to, if your local restaurant is just doing takeout only, tip them anyway. Yes. You know, a lot of times when you do takeout, you give ten percent. This lady at I was at Perkins, mm-hmm. and um, her son is a friend of my son's, mm-hmm. and she was just saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was going to just give her a hundy, and then I figured, well, I mean, she's pretty hot, so she's going to think I'm, you know, I want something in return. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that, <laughs> but I gave her a 100% tip. Your phone tip. number. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I gave her a 100% tip. That's good. Cool. You know, it was a, the bill was 60 bucks, and I gave her a $60 tip. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you can afford it, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all going to take a hit financially. Those of us that are taking maybe less of a hit because our jobs for example, my job is ramping up during this time. Right. Uh, but um, 
and then try to try to help those people out. I totally now, agree. There was a guy outside um, the restaurant that I go to, and he was asking for, you know, do you have 50 cents or something like that? And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. here's somebody that's already hurting from this thing. And uh, I, I went into the liquor store, which is next door mm-hmm. to this place, and I got some change. And I came out, I gave him four bucks. He was like, oh, damn, dude, thanks. And he went running in the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hell. He's, he's buying some pure grain to wash his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's his money at that point. But I was like, oh, well, shit. I just enabled somebody doing something naughty. But anyway. Oh. All right. So uh, the chloroquine stuff, let's not rush the pharmacies to get chloroquine and hoard it, but um, it's looking promising, and I would love to see an end to this damn thing. Yes, me too. So, but uh, continue with your social distancing, please. Yes. And uh, if you get sick or you've been exposed to a nose nose case, well, there are nose cases, a known case, um, you got to... uh, Isolate yourself. Absolutely essential. In this day of Grubhub and stuff, though, you know, it's a little easier to do. Yep. All right. You want to answer some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Uh Uh-oh. Of course. Looks like my computer's got... Oh, there we go. Hi, Dr. Steve. For weeks you've been saying that only people who have... The coronavirus should be wearing masks, and if you don't have it, you shouldn't. You have not said once why. Yes, I if have. If you don't have it, you shouldn't wear a mask. Doesn't it make sense that if the shit's out there and you're breathing it in, if you're wearing a mask and you don't have it, you wouldn't get it? Yeah. Why, why are you telling people who <laughs> don't have it? I'm not wearing this, but you keep saying this and don't tell us why. Oh, Dr. Thank you. oh no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, This is context-driven. What I'm talking about is people running around going to the store wearing a face mask. Um, If you're social distancing yourself um, from people the way you should be, you know, if I see a line, you know, I back up six feet and stay out of there. The stuff isn't really floating in the air. It is the primary um, mode of transmission appears to be droplets. Now, you can cite that study that showed that they um, that uh, coronavirus was viable in the air for up to three hours. That was under an experimental protocol where they put it in a nebulizer, oh, wow. shot it into the air, and then tried to isolate it from the air in an enclosed environment. And um, uh, they what they have shown though is even you know you hear this thing, uh, it can live for nine days on surfaces. Uh, li- being present and being infectious are two different things and what they are showing is exponential decline in viral particles over those nine days so it's not like you cough a loogie onto a table and then nine days later there's the same trillion particles that you laid out Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they disappear you know they decline at a very rapid rate so um it becomes less and less uh, uh, able to cause illness over time. Now, uh, face masks. Oh, that's my kid. Hang on. They're freaking out a little bit just because they can't go out. (laughs) Liam, you're on weird medicine. Yes. Uh, I'll call you back. Okay, buddy. You know, 
None of my family ever wants to be on the radio. I've tried to get the kids up here. I don't even think that we're on the radio. <laughs> I know. Well, Liam's been on here. He did the uh, Are You Smarter Than Big Joe yes. thing, which was on the podcast, which if you haven't heard it and you want some light listening, um, I can maybe put it back up again. It was pretty funny. It was Because she's good at mod applying. And, and by God, everybody knows eight times eight is 16. Steve. Steve, yeah. So anyway. All right. So uh, face masks. So, um, yes, if you're in an enclosed room with someone. Oh, first off, there's a face mask shortage right now. Right. Okay. So uh, to just walk around on the street wearing a face mask, this will really do nothing unless somebody coughs right in your face, which I guess is possible. But even then... Uh, you know, we have to wear those N95 face masks, which um, have a higher filtration uh, ratio than, say, the regular surgical masks that you buy over the counter. So if you're likely to be in close contact with someone you know is infected, and you shouldn't be, but let's say you're at home and you're caring for somebody, uh, a mask definitely cuts the chance of the disease being passed on. So this is context-driven. I was really just talking about people just slapping masks on thinking they're doing something. Yep. Hand washing and keeping your hands out of your face. Now, I have also said that there are people who are not ill who should wear a face mask. And these are people who cannot keep their stupid fingers out of their mouth. I had a meeting with my boss today, and she was biting her fingernails the whole time. Oh, for goodness I sakes. reached over and, and grabbed her hand. I said, you got to stop that. And then she did it again. And then it became a joke, you know. She just couldn't stop. I said, you need to wear a mask. Because if you can't stop touching your face or putting your fingers in your mouth or in your nose or licking, that, she did that thing where she was she licked, licked her, her page, finger yeah. to turn a page oh, too. She, I mean, she did everything. Um, then you need to wear a face mask, but it doesn't have to be a surgical mask. It could be an old T-shirt that yeah, you wrap around you. Just anything, yeah, a sock. <laughs> anything that would just keep you from touching your face. Well, and I think the thing you said too mainly is, you know, when you see doctors' offices and hospitals running low on the on the, on the gear, they need that are on the front lines protecting yeah. us and, and putting their lives up there. That's another. That's a huge issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, could it conceivably decrease your chances by some small fraction of a percent if you're on the bus or something? Maybe. But um, really, it's um, their face masks protect against disease when you're in close contact with somebody. Mm -hmm. And even then, they're not perfect. All right. Excellent question, though. Good question. Hey, Dr. Steve. Chlorochine phosphate. You say it better. Uh, Treated (laughs) for malaria. Oh, okay. uh, Chloroquine. that, that, That could be something to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already answered that. Sorry, dude. Um, yeah, chloroquine is showing some promise. I'm looking forward to more data before we can definitively say th- we need to be doing this on everybody. But uh, the data is coming. Mm-hmm. We will have it in the next few weeks, really. Yeah. Well, they said for in, in, we'll have preliminary data in the first few weeks. Go yeah, ahead. What were you going to say? No, no. I, and I was going to say the great news is it's, it's a it's medic, medication has been around for a long time. Yep. We, we, you know, it's not like it's a brand new thing. We don't know anything about it. We don't Side want people rushing out to no. get it when they don't need it, particularly right. because there are people with immune disorders that need this stuff. Yes. And there is a limited supply of it. So if yes. everybody rushes out like they did with Cipro with, when the anthrax scare hit, oh, yeah. yeah, there was a shortage of Cipro for a while. We don't want a shortage of this stuff. We want people to be able to have it if yes. they're sick. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, Dr. Scott. We have a new um, sponsor. It's called Withings. Unbelievable. Forget about having a perfect beach body. The truth is carrying too much weight increases your risk of high blood pressure, heart attack, sleep apnea, joint pain. An increased resistance to insulin, which can lead to diabetes. The good news is lowering your weight even 5 to 10% can decrease your health risks. I sure hope so, because I've done even more than that. Uh, Withings, this great company who I'd not heard of before, has more than 10 years of experience making connected devices to help anyone take control of their health. Let me tell you about the scale, the Withings scale that I've got. You stand on this thing. And it tells you everything about yourself. It's unbelievable. It, cool. it, it tells your weight. It graphs your weight. It uses Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth. So oh. it communicates with your app through whatever Internet connection. So you, it, you, you don't have to have your phone right next to the stupid right. thing. That was my last smart scale. I'd have the phone right there. Well, I'm not bringing my phone into the bathroom. I'm sorry. Right. So uh, this thing is awesome. And it graphs your weight. Hmm. And uh, it tells you your total body weight. It tells you body fat your bone how much of your weight comes from bones what the weather is going to be today while you're just sitting it's it's wonderful i highly recommend that you weigh yourself first thing in the morning be either before you get in the shower or just afterward particularly after you've you know okay. evacuated sure. certain parts of your body um uh, Withing scales support up to eight users and have a pregnancy mode with advice for every week of pregnancy and a way to know about healthy weight gain and a baby mode to weigh the smallest members of your family. Yes, even pets. Oh this gosh. is the craziest thing in the world. It is fantastic. I'm telling you, I've had a lot of uh, scales in my life and I've had two smart scales before this one and they both... Uh, paled in comparison to my Withing scale. If you want to take control of your weight or just add muscle and lose fat, a Withing Smart scale can help. At every weigh-in, you get weight, full body composition, weight trend, and even, like I said, a local weather report. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. In fact, Tom's Guide recently named Withing's Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. Get 25% off the Body Plus body composition Wi-Fi smart scale at withings.com slash steve. 
That's Withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash Steve. Cool. Hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, my name's Hugh. You know it on Twitter. I'm a big fan of yours. Um, regarding COVID-19. Is it you or Hugh? Put it here. Okay. My wife and I were talking tonight. Is it possible to have the flu uh, and COVID-19 at the same time? And does having the flu first increase or does it really affect your chances of COVID-19 taking on more serious symptoms? Okay, so... Um, good, another good question. Excellent question. I'm going to give him one of these. Yes. Give yourself oh, a bill. A, a big bill. Golly, I'm going to have to compress the crap out of this episode. Um the uh, uh, influenza can induce inflammation in the lungs, which then can, can make them more susceptible to super infections by things like staph. So people who get influenza and then get bacterial pneumonia afterward will have staphylococcal pneumonia often, and it's bad, And but we have antibiotics for it. Um, there's only I, I did some research on this. I could only find one. Uh, case of concurrent influenza and coronavirus at the same time. That well, person was pretty sick. Pretty sick, yeah. But uh, so yes, it's possible. Uh, unlikely. We used to when we first heard about interferon. What we sort of were taught was that if you had one viral infection, that it it protected you against other viral infections for some time afterward because your body uh, released this stuff called interferon. And uh, I don't know if that it was ever born. Born out to be true. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you want to avoid influenza the same way you're avoiding this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, stay away from people who are sick. If you're sick, stay home. Wash your hands with soap and water. Uh, Dr. Uh, Hoplin, when he was in there, said, sing happy birthday while you're washing your hands with soap and water. Soap and water is better than than alcohol gel, Mm -hmm. but alcohol gel is pretty damn good. Yep. Okay. Of course, you can't find any anywhere. Hey, Dr. Steve. I'm uh, sitting on a toilet, uh, but mostly just because it's the only place I can avoid my kids since they're home from school now. (laughs) Question. What happens if uh, China underestimated by 10 to 20 times the amount of cases they're reporting? Sure. What does that mean for us? Well, what if aliens, you know, came to Earth? You know, I mean, it's it's well, a, yeah, a they, hypothetical they're question. They're here now. Yeah. So let's say uh, that they underestimated it by 10 to 20 times. Which is possible if they didn't have enough tests. Sure. Yeah. And so, but what that tells us is those 10 to 20 times, let's say, let's say it was 20 times more. They got better. Yeah. They were asymptomatic. Yeah. So, uh, and people have brought this up. If we have a large group of asymptomatic individuals, we're going to be answering a question about this in a minute. We'll do the numbers. If we had a large group of asymptomatic individuals that never go, then that's going to increase that denominator. Yes. When we're we're trying to figure out how many people, what percentage of people are dying from this. Mm -hmm. So if you have three people out of 100 dying from this, that's 3%, right? Right. But what if it's really 1,000? Right. What if 1,000 people had it and you have those three, but we only knew about 100 Mm -hmm. because they were the ones we knew about because they were the ones that got sick? Exactly. 
then you're talking about a 0.3% mortality rate, which is a hell of a lot more reassuring, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Agreed. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve. It's Paul from New Jersey. Hey, Paul. Just trying to figure out some of this corona business. (laughs) Me too. So I saw some talking head on Fox News. guy from Johns Hopkins says they can use plasma from recovered coronavirus patients. Sure. To somehow cure people infected. Sounds weird that that fluid uh, would be helpful. And it said they, they said they could only use it to to cure two people. Right. Sounds incredibly complicated. Do you have anything on this? I do. And that's another... Give yourself a bill! Question. Um, it's not complicated. When you get an illness like a viral illness, let's just say, for example, COVID-19. When you clear that, the way that you clear it is your body generates antibodies against the stupid-ass virus, and uh, generally to the spike protein. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've looked at a COVID uh, or SARS-CoV-2 virus on the electron microscope, it's got these little spikes on the outside. And that's what attaches to the angiotensin receptors, and then the the membranes merge, and then the thing bloops its uh, RNA uh, into your cell and starts making copies of itself. Hmm. It comes with an instruction manual, a uh, error checking protein. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It is. This thing. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is uh, really tricky because if if you try to induce an error in there with a drug, it just goes nope and moves on to the next one or repairs the error. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. almost, you know, hmm. mm-hmm. so alien like. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's um, oh, where the fuck was I? What was I? Talking about? Oh, oh, the plasma. Yeah. So you make these antibodies. Your body makes them. Right. Now, once you've cleared the, the thing, those antibodies will circulate for some time. So you donate blood, mm-hmm. spin it down, take the plasma out, put the red blood cells back in if you want to or just keep them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can use that plasma as medication for somebody else. So you could, um, if you injected somebody who had a really serious case, they would have pre-made antibodies mm. that would stop the infection uh, fat or long, for a long enough time that their body could then turn around and uh, make antibodies that they need to, to complete the clearing of the virus. Right. And they're right. When you take that out, you know, really, you're only going to get enough for maybe one or two people. That's the problem with this. It's not scalable. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. if we end up needing 20,000 uh, doses of this and we only had 5,000 recover, well, we're not we're going to fall short. Yeah. So it'd be better to have a medication. But, uh, you know, if you had somebody local that was cl- that had cleared this thing and you had someone that was critically ill and nothing else was working, you could absolutely try Give them a shot. Sure. Yeah. Turns out that there's this thing called cytokine storm, too. And cytokine storm is when uh, you have so much inflammation in your body and these white blood cells are re- releasing these um, uh, cytokines, which are inflammatory proteins. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can uh, you know, cause inflammation in other parts of the body and cause multi-organ failure. There mm-hmm. are actually some anti inflammatory medications that you can use. They're recommending right now not ibuprofen, although I'm waiting to see the data. Yeah, I heard that too. Well, my buddy Greg Poland in Medscape was interviewed, and he said that he didn't see any evidence that this was real. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were, you know, so we'll see. 
Okay. Uh, he's, I've never heard this guy ever say anything wrong before. <laughs> so I'm hoping he's right because yeah. I'd much rather use ibuprofen than, than Tylenol, particularly if I want to have a drink. Sure. But uh, there are some other uh, medications that you can use when you have this uh, cytokine thing, and um, uh, they call it hyperinflammation. And uh, there's this medication called um, anakinra or anacrina, anakinra. And uh, it, they've used it in sepsis for hyperinflammation, and it's been pretty effective. So I'm just hoping that the infectious disease guys remember this stuff if this happens to somebody out there. Uh, because if you start to see multi-organ failure, it may not be from the virus. It may be from the body's response to the virus. And that will be in extremely rare cases. But mm-hmm. like, well, they're showing the cytokine storms are in the lungs with these COVID. Sure. The deep sure. Oh, lungs. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. It's causing yeah. the... Um, that's not a kind of storm. So, yes, you can use plasma, but it's not scalable, and that's why it's not uh, being pushed, but it would be definitely an effective intervention. Now, if we can um, teach bacteria or um, white blood cells, for example, mm-hmm. to um, make these um, – in culture, to make these antibodies, we can do these things called monoclonal antibodies. One of the ways that they do that is to take pl- um, plasma cells that make antibodies, merge them with uh, rat or mouse cancer cells that they continually um, can, uh, continually reproduce. And then you cull out the ones that aren't making the antibody that you want. So you take the antigen and you throw it in there and they start making antibodies to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find the ones that are making effective antibodies and then you put those in culture and then you just grow the shit out of them. So right. they're just making these antibodies. So you could make a monoclonal antibody to uh, this virus possibly and use that as medication as well. We use monoclonal antibodies in cancer care now, uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, so it's uh, any if you see a medication that is advertised with the letters M.A.B. at the end, then that's a monoclonal antibody. Yep. Okay. Great question. Well, Tom Jenkins had a question for the podcast about uh, if, if you think ordering food on apps like Seamless and Grubhub um, and making delivery guys come out and, and give them to you, if, if that's unethical. Now, I wonder what he means. Is it unethical because they can get it from us, or is it unethical because they could give it to us? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Grubhub and those other delivery things have said that they've got a policy to make sure that people are staying home if they're sick. And, uh, you know, it's always, I mean, there's so many ways that, stuff you know that you could conceivably get infected but really droplets remains the primary way that people are getting sick from this Mm -hmm. and uh, if you're careful you know if you touch something that's been touched by somebody else washing your hands or wiping it down with uh, uh, with some sort of um, antiseptic wipe or soap and water uh, is really an effective way to neutralize that now uh, I, I fantasized about what would happen because I'm on the front lines. I'm mm-hmm. going to see the sickest of the sick being mm-hmm. doing what I do. Uh, if I come down with this, what I would do is, you know, if I order food from Grubhub, I would um, say, you know, COVID-19, leave the leave the uh, medication 
on the front stoop and and just walk away right. you know because it tells you when they're there so i just wait till they leave and go out and get it mm-hmm. it's not like i can walk out in the air and somehow transmit it to my neighbors right. that's not how this works no <clears throat> so uh food delivery is a, a good thing and i would tip the shit out of them too yeah, yeah. by the way if they're totally. bringing people food in the totally. middle of this tip the hell out of them yep. So I, I, I'm guessing that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rasput here. Okay, you're asking to leave some questions about the coronavirus. All right. Well, I've been begging some pretty filthy, nasty whores for the last, I don't know, two years. I want to know if that's going to help with my immunity against uh, COVID-19. <laughs> Thank you. Only if one of them had it. Only if one of them had it. Yeah, if I had it. <laughs> Well, they can't all be gems. Okay, let's uh, let's try another one here. Oh. Hello, Dr. Steve. Hello. Um, I have a question as far as uh, communi- uh, communicability okay. of the sickness. Sure. Um, how quick at the front after coming in contact with someone could y- you be infected and spread the sickness? Is it a day? Is it the 15 days? Um, just wondering as far as uh, being around someone who comes yeah. near someone else. Yeah, I'm with who you. Is confirmed to have okay. the disease. Okay. Well, if you've been around someone, close contact with someone confirmed to have the disease, you need to be isolated for 14 days. And the reason for that is 97% of people who contract the SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus, a.k.a. COVID-19, disease show symptoms within 11 and a half days of exposure. The average incubation is around five days, and uh, that's what we know right now. Um, For a lot of people, the symptoms start as mild symptoms and maybe get worse over a few days. Sometimes they don't. Some people have unbelievably mild disease. Um, The way it's transmitted is person to person through close contact or from droplets that are scattered when the person sneezes or coughs. So you got a anywhere from a six foot to fifteen foot radius, but it, it it's inverse square rule, Doctor Scott. You remember the inverse square rule from uh, from um, uh, you know that things decrease with the square of the distance if they're spherical. No. Yeah. Okay. Like no, light. Yeah, I believe you. Light yeah. light intensity gravity decreases as the square of the distance. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if it's a hundred a hundred <clears throat> units at ten feet, it will be, you know, um, whatever. And 100 units, one foot. <laughs> yeah, it'll be less, less than that. Less. <laughs> By the square root. <clears throat> anyway, but, um, yeah, as the square of the distance uh, uh Increase as the distance increases, the stuff decreases by the square of the distance. That's what I've been trying to say. Got gotcha, you. So, gotcha. um, <clears throat> so and and that's not perfect in a cough because it's not perfectly spherical, but it's pretty close um, gradient. You know, you're going to get the most particles right in somebody's face, and then as you get farther and farther away. So, because things are present, doesn't mean that they're going to infect you necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, uh, they say, um, although it's much less common, there's a possibility that someone's infected with the coronavirus can transmit the virus, even though they're not showing symptoms. But uh, it is felt right now that they're most con- uh, most contagious when they're showing symptoms. Okay. <clears throat> 
Now it's now here we go. I need I didn't bring any water up here. This is not COVID nineteen, y'all. No. This is uh, what we call um, Bradford pear tree season. Vocal. <laughs> I have vocal cord dysfunction. I really need to see a speech therapist because this will happen to me when I talk for a long time, and then mm-hmm. my throat clam, clams up, which is not good for a radio person. No. And then uh, and then it clears up, and then I'm fine, like it is now. Um, you can also possibly contract this through fomite transmission. And I think everybody who listens to this show long enough knows what fomite transmission is. That's where somebody hawks a loogie onto a table, walks away. Someone else touches the table where the the infected uh, infective particles are mm-hmm. and then sticks their finger into their nose. Uh, more likely that would be on a door handle. Yep. You know, someone uh, sneezed into their hand and then they grab a door handle and then if you're going in the bathroom, of course, you should be coming out having washed your hands but and not touch the door handle on the way out. And if there is a handle there, use a paper towel when you're on your way out and um, uh, throw it on the floor just to teach them a lesson if there isn't a, a receptacle right there next to the door because there should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just standard protocol at this point is uh, put a receptacle next to the door so that people who don't want to touch your filthy door handle don't have to. And they can throw the paper towel on their way out. Um, So just make sure that if you touch a a bathroom door handle, uh, if there's no way around it, that you don't touch your hand or I mean your 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 face face particularly, but your other hand or any other Mm -hmm. part of your body. Till you've washed your hands. And I think it's. And I, if I'm going to piss and I'm going to touch my male membership with a hand that just touched the door, I'm going to wash my hands before, before and yeah. after. Yep, good point. Okay, what were you going to yeah, say? And, and plus, too, this, they, they've shown this virus is susceptible to, to heat and, yep. U, and UV light, too. So, yep. you know, in closed, you know, cool rooms where a lot of people are, it's going to be a lot more dangerous. Yeah, plastic and stainless yeah. steel, it's the most longest living. Yep. But, uh, yeah, and I'm just looking here. The best way to prevent yourself from contracting it is to wash your hands off and use soap and water for at least 20 seconds. And there you go. Other ways to protect yourself include stay six feet away from anyone who seems sick and avoid large groups of people. Uh, I'm staying six feet away from people even if they seem totally fine. Yes. Don't touch your face. Don't share personal items with others. That's gross anyway. Wipe down high-touch surfaces like doorknobs, keyboards, and stair rails in your home with household cleaners or a diluted bleach solution. Um, if you can get, you know, Clorox wipes, which is really hard to get, but if you have them, if you work in the hospital, I'm doing my keyboard and my phone and my mouse every single day. Yes, multiple times a day. And uh, and uh, wash your hands or use a hand sanitizer after touching surfaces like elevator ATM buttons. Yeah. And stay home and call your doctor if you start having respiratory issues think your symptoms are consistent with those of COVID-19, which would be fever, dry cough, and uh, maybe shortness of breath. Now, this is allergy season, so mm. that sucks. Yep. You know, how do you know if your dry cough is coming from your post-nasal drip or your COVID-19? And the presence of fever is usually the differentiating factor. Mm. All right. Great question. Hey, Dr. Steve. I finally clued in. This is the guy from... Twitter that obviously doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. Yeah, okay, so he he kept saying, what time exactly should I call in? 
and it was obviously he didn't realize it was a voicemail. So I said, you right. know, 457, call in. Right then. <laughs> so then he did call in and uh, got confused, and then he called back and realized it was a voicemail. God bless so, anyway, I'll just read the question for you so you can use it. Okay. Hey, Dr. Steve, eventually, wouldn't it be prudent to simply just test everyone for exposure to? Knowing whether or not you have or had it could go a long way to uh, your personal planning and response. And, for example, you know, back in the 80s when parents used to uh, get their kids sick with chicken pox rather than, you know, getting them the vaccine. What do you think? Yeah, well, back in the day, they didn't have the vaccine. So mm. that was the back in. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much pro-vaccine, Dr. Scott. I am oh, not yeah. a fan of the chickenpox vaccine. That's something we've talked about multiple times on this show, just because I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with a bunch of 40-year-olds who didn't get their booster and no longer have immunity to chickenpox, and now they're getting chickenpox as adults. Yeah, it's, it's a very mild disease with very few serious, although there are some, there are some yep. uh, serious consequences of getting it when you're a kid, but it's a lot more serious disease when you get it as an adult. So I am, so uh, you know, I'm not just some just say yes to all vaccine type person. But hell, rabies, diphtheria, uh, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella, COVID nineteen, hell yeah, influenza, universal vaccine, all in favor of yep. that. So um, uh, testing strategies, then yes. A perfect strategy would be to test everybody in the United States, anyone that showed, and this is for active disease, mm -hmm. anyone that showed positive, we'd just isolate them immediately. And that, that way we would catch some asymptomatic, asymptomatic people. We wouldn't catch everybody because there would be some people that have been exposed that are not yet shedding virus. But we would be, uh, uh, I, you know, just two or three half-lives of that, and we would have this thing pretty much licked. That requires a test that is uh, basically infinite in supply and uh, infinite in or perfect in its sensitivity and perfect in its specificity. In other words, it doesn't miss any cases mm -hmm. and it doesn't uh, uh, f um, give tell no false people positives. that they don't get, yeah. say that some people have it that didn't mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no false negatives and no false positives. Right. It pretty much uh, would have to be a pretty perfect test. So. You know, so in the absence of that, we are right now testing people who are symptomatic that show a high or moderately high pretest probability of having a positive test. So these are people who um, uh, have symptoms and have been in contact with somebody or people who have gotten really sick that have symptoms or people who have come from an area that where there it's prevalent and they have symptoms, mm -hmm. but you're right. Uh, we're missing all those asymptomatic people, and it's going to be really hard to extrapolate how big this is out there. You know, if there's a huge amount of people that are just asymptomatic, that's great, but mm -hmm. it'd be good to know. Yeah, it would be okay. So it's a problem. Now people say, "Well, if you give me, they missed up the WHO test." As Doctor Hoplin said, the one that was originally came out with was somewhat insensitive. That he had a, a, a supposedly, according to him, a significant fraction of false negative or yeah, false negative tests. In other words, people that showed up negative but were actually positive. And right. the CDC found that unacceptable, and that's why they wanted to do their own test. But it did induce a delay and somewhat of a shortage. Now, mm -hmm. 
There's another kind of test. That's a test called a polymerase chain reaction where you're taking uh, uh, snot from somebody's nose and mouth, mm-hmm. putting it in a, um, a reagent, and then amplifying the, the DNA that you find in there, or RNA in this case. Mm-hmm. And so you get these fragments of RNA and you amplify them, and you um, can then detect you know, the COVID-19 virus. That's how they're doing it. They're not detecting the virus directly. They're detecting its genetic material. Mm. Now, what if someone's cleared it, but they're still excreting chopped up viruses? Mm. They will still have a positive test. So that may explain some of these people that have had a positive test, then a negative test, and then they test them again and they're positive again. Doesn't mean they're contagious or that they're actually infected anymore. They're just still excreting viral RNA. Gotcha. Okay. Now, the other kind of test, so that's the test for the virus itself, is an antibody test. Mm Because that was the other thing this guy asked, which was a great question. I'll give him one of these. Give yourself a bill. Is how do you tell if you already had it? Mm -hmm. If you're not excreting and you've already cleared it, you're going to have a negative polymerase chain reaction. Mm -hmm. But you'll have a positive antibody test. So there are two kinds of antibodies. There's IgM and IgG. And there is a test out there. It's in Europe right now. It hasn't been approved here yet. That's a quick test you can do in your office. Mm -hmm. And the IgM um, looks at uh, current or recent infection. Mm -hmm. So when you get a current infection, you produce uh, immunoglobin M. Mm-hmm. And then as the infection clears, the body produces immunoglobin G or IgG. IgG so IgM shows current or recent infections. IgG shows remote infections. Right. And if this thing is specific enough for the SARS-CoV-2 virus, then you can tell if someone's had this already, right. which would be nice to know. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that test is dirt cheap. You can get two of them for 70 bucks. Uh, and they were just selling them online wow, in, yeah. in England. Yep. So um, that's something that will be coming here, I'm quite sure. 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 And then we, when we start doing those, and they're dirt cheap and they're sensitive, you can use that as a screening test. Then we'll get a much better idea of the number of asymptomatic ev- individuals mm-hmm. and a much better idea of what the death rate of this thing is mm-hmm. or the mortality rate. Right. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Mike from New Jersey. I've got a question regarding ED. Oh, well, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Even during a pandemic, a guy's got to worry about his erections. Yes. Right? I mean, for real. Yes. It's, I have told the story works, about the yeah. brain dead guy that, you yeah. know, was able to get an erection and actually uh, gave a sperm sample. So, so yeah. I'm 62. I'm six foot. I'm 220 pounds. I just lost about 20 pounds through dieting. Good job, man. I'm on five milligrams of Ramipril, five milligrams of amylodipine, and 40 milligrams of astorvastatin. I do have three stents, which are almost 10 years old, and um, I can use Viagra successfully, but I'm curious as to why I have ED when I don't use it. I don't think at my age that should be the case. I see what his question is. Um, he says he can't use it successfully. I'm not sure what he means by that. If you're not on nitroglycerin or uh, there are some other, you know. I thought uh, he said uh, he could use it successfully. But well, I thought he said he couldn't. Why oh. he didn't have. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait, if he doesn't. But use I'm it. curious as to why I don't, which are almost 10 years old. 
and um, I can't use Viagra successfully. I can use it successfully. I think. Okay, okay. I think, so I think, a I think, different yeah. question. Yep. So he's asking, why does he have ED? Well, hell, why does anybody have Every ED? Every damn by that age. You're, yes. you're, well, now, Dr. Scott, that's... <laughs> he's, 99, okay, you're that's right. Not, not everybody. True. Not it's, even 100%. It's not, no, it's not even close. But um, be, because uh, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is a blood vessel disease, and... Erectile dysfunction is a blood flow disease. So when you've got uh, trouble uh, with hardening or heart, you know, this is just sort of a lay term, hardening of the arteries, then you're going to end up with issues with blood flow. Sure. And issues with blood flow means erectile dysfunction. So the other thing, though, I would get, uh, you know, not worth doing is get your testosterone checked. Testosterone checked, sure. What if your testosterone's low? Then... Uh, you will be chasing this thing for some time, and really the answer is right there in front of you. So uh, a significant fraction, 90%, 85% of men that have low testosterone never know it because they're right. never diagnosed. So get that check. All right. What else you want to do, Dr. Scott? Play a little. You want to play, play a song? Play a song. Now, this song has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. It just happens to be a song that we really like. So don't freak out when you hear the words. No. Uh, yeah, thanks always. Go to Dr. Scott. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp. You know what? I'll do it with the music, and then uh, we'll just play the song at the end so you can, if you don't want to listen to us. This is uh, it's horrible. Scott's got this electric mandolin. It won't stay in tune, and we've just played this once. And a voice that doesn't stay in tune. Either, yeah, so. so anyway, so don't worry about <laughs> it. But it's, uh, it's Tune off. It, what else are we going to do? We just we're quarantining. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, Lewis Johnson, Pauloff, Charsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fizz Watley, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. By the way, Sam had this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> this was awful. He said, uh, hey, I was always a member of the Yang Gang, and I see Trump's going to give everybody a 1000 bucks. I'm already filling up my Amazon cart. And I said, um, yeah, when I get mine, I'm going to be donating it to the school lunch program for kids that don't get school lunches when right. school is out, and also to the local service industry folks yes. so that they can feed their kids. But I'm glad you found something on Amazon that you would like. <laughs> and then, you know, I was just shitting on him. I mean, I love Sam. And right. uh, he was there when I stuck my finger in Pat Duffy's butt. So he's been there from the very beginning right of on. my relationship with that channel. So I was really just uh, messing with him. But uh, cool. he got shit on so bad. And then people said I sounded cunty or sounded like a douchebag. So anyway, and I'm using that the C word in the... The way that the British use it. Right. It just means, you know. And not a vulgar a way. Funny bloke. Yes, a funny right. bloke. Okay. All right. Uh, go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Wash your hands and self isolate. Quit being jackasses. Try it on.
coming up on me to hold you under. Coming up on me to show wrong. To know you is hard. We wonder. To know you all wrong. We want.
<laughs> I don't think we'll... <clears throat> oh. We'll have to quit our day jobs, do we? No, I don't think we'll get a copyright uh, violation <laughs> on that one. It's so far from the original, they'll never recognize it. That's right. That's right. All right, we'll see you next week. Right, Everybody guys. stay healthy. Take care. All right, bye.